today we uh, go on with the identity crisis part three. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the power of being a Christ ambassador. We sing a little song, we are Christ ambassadors, which means that, that we, are re, we are representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that as chosen by God, you didn't choose me, he said, but I chose you with every one of you with your salvation, God laid his hand on you. And he said, I have a work for you. I have a responsibility for you. I have a call for you. Well, I'm not a preacher. God's not calling you to be a preacher per se, but he is calling for you to be a representative that says, yes, Lord, whatever you say, whenever you say it, I will do it. You're going to preach with me this morning? Say amen. I'm ready for you today. We're going to talk about being an overcomer. What does that mean to say, well, I've heard messages before. Well, this is a brand new message. You see, here's what I know. In life, there are situations that are going to hit you that's going to aggravate you. As a matter of fact, some of you probably were aggravated by someone that you know, love, and trust already today. And those own things on the job that aggravate you, that create a problem, and so that just gets under my skin. Or there might be some looming financial challenge that's there that, that doesn't want to move back and give you room to breathe. I'm, I'm here to tell you today that this message through Jesus Christ has an answer. You might be in a situation in your life that you say, God, I have a big old giant out there and I need to be able to overcome that. And a lot of those things have to do with emotion. Some of you are emotionally drained. Those of you listening on li online, you're emotionally drained. Some of you say, you talk about Goliath. I've got my own Goliath. He comes out and he yells every single day. But here's what you might forget. Here's why I'm here to remind you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to give you words of wisdom. I'm going to give you words of fire. I'm going to give you words of anointing. You hang in there with me. Fasten your seatbelt and let's get ready to go. Here's what I declare to you today. With Christ, you are an overcomer. Amen? It's up there. Say it with me. With Christ, you are an overcomer. Who's you? You is you. You are an overcomer. Well, I want to get into the deep of that. Here's Paul builds the case. And this is what he says in Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is with us, what? Now settle that. If God is with us, what? Let me say it again. I said, if God is with us, now, do you believe it? Do you believe it? You're going to have to have something in your life that's going to help you change the way you've been thinking, change the way you've been walking, and change the way you've been living out your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because most people are not convinced if God is with us, who can be against us? You can pull a pencil out and say, I can tell you, this one and this one and this one and this one, they're all against me. You see? But on the other hand, Here's what we also know. Paul writes in Romans 8, 32, He, God, who did not spare His own Son, who's His Son? Come on, y'all. Yeah, that's right. It's Jesus. But gave Him up for all of us. What did God do? He gave His Son. How will He not also, along with Him, graciously do what? 
Give us what? Are you with me? Are you thinking about your problem? You thinking about your giant? You thinking about your situation? What did he just say? It says he will not withhold from us. He will graciously give us all things. What do I need? I need an answer. I need deliverance. I need healing. I need anointing. I need God to move in this situation. What are you going to believe? What are you going to believe? Let's move on. Here we go. Who shall separate us? Who shall separate us from the love of whom? Christ. Who is Christ? He's Jesus before he died. But when he died and rose again, he became the Christ. Amen? Come on, somebody. He became the Christ. The Christ shall trouble a hardship, a persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger of the sword. Those are seven things there. And all of them sometimes just want to surround you. Kind of like wagon train. They, they put the wagons together, but the Indians are out there on the hillside just waiting for their opportunity, waiting for their opportunity for, to attack. And that's the enemy always circling out there, always circling. But let me tell you, here's what I know. It might be the, a, a constant migraine headache. Anybody ever challenged with a migraine headache? Anybody ever thinking about a migraine headache? Anybody want a migraine headache? I can tell you who to get with. That'll give you one. It might be a migraine headache. Oh, it might be a challenging marriage. It might be say, oh, you talk about trouble and hardship. I've got it. I've got a relational problem in my marriage. Or maybe your kid got hit in the face with a ball or something and had a permanent teeth break off and you don't have dental insurance. And they're embarrassed. That'll drive you over the edge. Maybe you crack one of your own teeth. You say, I don't have the, I don't have the money to fix that. But here's what I, most of us are not facing nakedness and the sword, you go to the beach and you'll think some of them are naked or naked. But we're not faced with nakedness or famine. Here's what I know. There are a lot of things in life that I cannot resolve personally. A lot of things I can't. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough to resolve most all problems. And I know everything that the devil throws at us is for one purpose, and he doesn't take a break. He's on the move 24-7. The purpose that the enemy has is to separate us from the love of God, to weaken our commitment, to cause us to give up and to quit being passionate about Jesus. How many things in your life have you just decided to park over there? How many people that you have prayed for, asked God, get them saved, and they just never do anything right, and you haven't prayed for them lately? How many challenges in your life have you said, well, God, I prayed and prayed, and that hasn't happened. As a matter of fact, I prayed, and it's getting worse. And then the devil brings up your record of service, of how faithful you've been, how many years you put into the Word, how much you've been teaching, how many lives you've been at church teaching and trying to change it. Yet you can't get that thing in your life to change one bit. You know what the devil's trying to do to discourage you to say, for you, it will never happen. I'm telling you today, it is about to happen in the name of Jesus Christ. It's about to happen. 
Satan will always remind you of the trouble that you're in. But we have hope. Where is our hope? Our hope is in the Lord. And where is that hope found? Right here in this book. Hope is found in this book. If you're not in your personal devotions, you're not in this book, and you're not reading it, you're not applying it to your life, you're not letting it speak to you, it is fire. Those words are supernatural. Get into that Word of God, and I'm here to tell you, by the time you get through, you'll have hope in your life beyond your own understanding. Hope, it's there well, Romans 8, 37. Well, all these little challenges you have, little aggravating things, kind of like having fleas in your bed. That ever happened to you? You forgot to wash the dog. The dog's been outside, and the dog comes in and climbs up in the bed. But the problem, the dog ran into a flea patch. And you lay there, and you just pat the little mutt. You rub him, and every time you rub him, another flea jumps off. It didn't long and you begin to feel something and it's not the Holy Spirit. You wake up at 2 a.m. and you think, my Lord, what is this? They're all over you. You throw the cover back. You walk in and look at the mirror and you thought, great, they, those are fleas. Every last one of them want to do all kind of harm to you. Did I paint that picture pretty good for you? That's the way the devil is. Not one not two, not three, but thousands. Oh, I didn't come to kill you. I came to make your life miserable. Hello? I came to make your life miserable. But Paul writes, but no, in all these things, you better get ready. In all these things, we are more than what? Through whom? Him. What did he do? Who loved us. Nay, in all these things, we're more than conquerors who loved us. Who are we? We told you two weeks ago, we're Christ's ambassadors. Well, well, what causes us to be more than a conqueror? I mean, I just like to conquer, much less being a more than. It's the relationship that we have in Jesus Christ. There it is. The minute you give your heart to Christ, the blood cleanses your sins away. You then became more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Here's the Greek word for that. It is Nico. It's translated one place in the Scripture as a conqueror. It means a winner. It means a victor. Nico, hallelujah. Nico, I'm more than Nico. I am a winner. I am a conqueror. But here, when we use this, you are more than a conqueror, it adds this word. It adds hyper or hooper. Hooper means hyper, and it means more than that. It says hooper Nico. It means that you are way more than a winner. You are hooper Nico. You're going to love this. It means that everything that is against you vanishes and disappears and is totally destroyed. It's gone. It's gone. It doesn't give you just a little victory. It demolishes it rubs down into the dirt. You remember the children of Israel when they escaped from Egypt? You remember that? How many remember that? And Elijah was leading them out of bondage. You remember him? 
Oh, I, I thought I heard somebody say Moses. How many believe it was Moses? You'd be right. Moses comes as a special agent, straight into the laboratories of criminal minds. God speaks to him. Go to Pharaoh. What, 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 do, you, what do you want me to say? You just do what I say. He goes to Pharaoh, talks to him, has a rod in his hand. It's a staff, it's a rod turns it to a snake. And finally, Pharaoh gets the idea, I can't take any more of this God consequence. I want you guys out of here. They took off. Most leading the way, a couple million people. You ought to try, you're talking about leading a committee. How'd you like to lead a couple million people? Hello. They got out in the wilderness and they looked. Somebody said, somebody, somebody's coming. Look back. Oh, Pharaoh, he's angry. They get to the Red Sea. You get to the Red Sea. God said, okay. Moses, here's what I want you to do. What? I, don't, I, don't, I, I can't swim. I cannot swim. I'm not asking you to swim. I'm just asking you to step out into the water. You see that rod that's in your hand? Listen to me. When God calls you to confront something, he will give you more than enough in your life to be able to get the job done. You better hear me this morning, church. That's the God that we serve. COVID-19 doesn't rule us. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is in us and among us today. And he's saying, wake up, church. Y'all going to make me take my coat off in a moment. What do you want me to do? Put the rod in the water and watch what happens. He did. It opened up. And when it opened up, they walked across on what kind of ground? On dry ground. You know why it was dry? It wasn't mushy ground. God called Ronnie Ortega in his business and said, come put your blowers on the bottom of this ocean and dry it out so there'll be dry ground. Dried up. God said to Moses, everybody across, yeah, the lagger that's always the one lagging. He finally made it across. Let's turn around and watch. <laughs> Pharaoh and his men got out in the middle of that water. And the water came in over them. The horses were there in a few minutes. Matter of fact, it says about 45 minutes. God said to Moses, what do you see? I don't see anybody. You don't see anybody doing the backstroke coming up? Nope. You don't see anybody swimming as hard? Nope. What do you see? All I see is some of the shields and some of the swords are kind of floating. Do you see anybody, any soldier? No. Why? Because they're all gone. Why? Super Nico. In other words, I destroyed them. They vanished. They no longer breathe. I got rid of every one of them for you. And that's what God says in your life. Don't think small. Think great. Your enemy shall be overcome by the Super Nico more than a conqueror. Judges 6 verse 8, 6, 6 through 8. God said to Gideon, Gid, you are what? You're a mighty midget of valor. He didn't say that. 
Gideon, you are a what? You're a mighty man of valor. Say it with me. A mighty man of valor. I am. Yeah, that's who you are. Unless you stay in the presence of God under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and get into that word more than you do. Now, you will never on your own see yourself as a mighty man of valor. But when you begin to walk in the Spirit under the anointing of the fresh touch of God, you'll begin to see things in your own life that only God sees, and you'll begin to behave like more than a conqueror. Come on, church. Those of you at home, I hope you're sitting still and hanging in here with us this morning. You mighty man of valor, what do you want me to do? Well, the enemy is out there. They're strong. And I need you to take them out. Well, I only have 32,000. That's not going to do much against their armies. They're professional fighters. Doesn't matter. Get the army. Get them reduced. Where do you, where you want them to be? 300. 300? Yeah, 300. You understand? 300. Get them down to 300. He did. He said, well, that ain't going to do much. He said, I want to get everybody to get a picture and get you a candle. And he said, I want you to get a circle here. I want you to be there. When I, when I give the command through you, I want you to shout. I want you to break the picture. I want you to let the candle shine. He said, God, I, I've never fought this way. Matter of fact, I'm not a fighter. Well, I'm not counting on you to fight, Gideon. This battle is mine, and it's not yours. Oh, let me tell you, whatever the devil's bothering you with, trying to get under your little torn uh, nail, don't you let him do it. You say, it's not mine, it's God's. Don't you try to put that hangnail on me. I ain't going to have it. I'm yard talking now. And when they got there, he said, now's the time. Shout. They shouted. You know what happened? The Bible said. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. It said the enemy army began to run over one another, began to trample one another, began to spear one another, and they, and they, listen, and they totally destroyed one another. Not one of them remained alive. Not one. Hooper Nico. I will totally destroy. Well, you know what the Bible says. Give us encouragement. It's way over in the New Testament. When you believe it, New Testament's encouraging. It's the gospel of John, who's Jesus' brother. What does he say? This, and a one, and a two. Read it with me. In this world, you will have, you will have what? Let me encourage you. Your car will break down. You will have trouble. Kelly, you will have trouble. You will. Tim, you will have trouble. As long as you're breathing, you're going to have trouble. You know what Jesus did? You know what the Word of God did? said, I just want to let you know something you already know. You will have trouble. But here's the catch. In order to be an overcomer, you got to have something to overcome. So trouble doesn't scare you or me. He said, you're more than an overcomer. Why do you need to be an overcomer unless you have something to overcome? Does that make sense? This is an elementary Eagle Lake school guy. 
And I came to that conclusion all on my own. In this world, you're going to have trouble. In other words, I'm not walking around as a believer and saying, oh, no more problems for me, no more stress, no more sweat across my bow, no more difficulty. Oh, God, I'm free from all that. No, I've already accepted the fact that the devil doesn't like me and he doesn't like you. And the only person he does like is the person going in the same direction that he's going. But if you're a lover of Jesus, you are not going in the same direction of the devil. You're going to hit him head on every single day. Hopefully, you're not married to those. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're going to be the overcomer, the hupernico. Take heart. Here's what Jesus says. I, Jesus, I have overcome the world. I, Jesus your Savior. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. You see, we are spirit-filled. We are anointed with the power of the Holy Ghost. And Romans 12 says that the believers are overcomers by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. In Revelation 12, well, who is the Lamb? It's the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the world. He shed His blood. We used to sing the old hymn of the church. That old hymn of the church, zippity doo da, zippity hey, my oh my, what a wonderful day, plenty of sunshine going my way. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. (laughs) There is power, power. Wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. I'm covered. (laughs) I'm covered. I'm covered in the blood. I'm covered in the blood. Amen. There's power in the blood. You've got family members and friends, my friend. They don't know it yet, but they're about to be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. With blood, we are redeemed, and we have a seat. Oh, don't forget this. With the blood, we have access at the table of God. Dinner is spread. With the blood, we have redeemed. We have that place at the table, and then with the blood, we have access. I don't have to go through any person, any church ritual. I don't have to go through the preacher. I don't have to even go. I can walk smack dab in the middle, and I have access at the throne of Almighty God. I can say, devil, I'm telling you, I'm headed to the throne. He'll say, catch me the next trip. I'm not allowed in the presence of Almighty God. The problem is, there's not enough of God shining in most of us to even scare the devil. What do you have for breakfast, Pastor? Y'all know. 
I'm trying to talk to you to encourage you today. I want you to leave here. I want you to leave here not afraid. I don't want you to leave here because you go turn on any news agency. Say, what in the world's going to happen? It's already right here. He can tell us what's going to happen. You say, that's it. Do you remember David, the little shepherd boy? David was headed over to take his brothers a Chick-fil-A. And Saul, and so it is, he got there and said, what's going on? Saul said, son, get back. There's a standoff. Thank you. Did you get us any waffle fries? Two of the brothers said, we don't like Chick-fil-A. We want the Big Mac. David said, I'll bring that tomorrow. Saul said to David, what are you doing here? He said, I bought dinner. Saul turned to his first lieutenant and said, give me another bottle of Excedrin. I I can't take it anymore. It's about time. Watch David Goliath's going to come down. Oh, they were on this side of the valley, valley down, and Goliath showed up and said, just give me one man. Give me anybody to come over here and fight. Give me somebody. David said, I'll tell you what, I'll take him on. Saul said, go play with your sheep again, son. This is a man's world right here. David said, I am. I am. Oh, my. David said, I have a testimony. Well, what's your testimony? Anybody in Israel, come fight me, Goliath says. David said, here's my testimony. He said, I was attacked by a lion. My sheep were attacked by a lion, but God delivered that lion into my hands. He said, not only that, a bear showed up and attacked my sheep, and God delivered that bear into my hands. But the same God that delivered the lion and the bear into my hand. You see that man over there? He will deliver him into my hands. Now, y'all get back. Let me have my way. Somebody find me some smooth stone. He is about to go down. That's who we are. That's the, that's the Hooper Nyko that we are. You believe what preached from this pulpit today? I want in the middle of this time, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of COVID-19, COVID-21, the, the, all, the, all that stuff. I'm saying, hallelujah, ain't none of it going to touch me. I'm standing strong by the grace of God. Oh, Lord, the rest of you think he's too big to be. I'm telling you, he's too big to miss. Some might say, well, Pastor, I love your little story. But listen, when I get my life together, it will happen. When I get rid of this habit, when I get rid of this habit, it'll happen. When I get this challenge and I get my family in order, You don't have to wait on any of that. Just humble yourself and come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And God will say, you are now an overcomer. You are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible says that when you're born again and blood washed, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath of Hupernaco and breathe in the dynamic power of the Spirit of God. Here's something else that will happen. When that happens, you'll fight with a conquering attitude. A conquering attitude. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Many people who are Christians come with a faithless, wishy-washy mindset. They lose the battle in their mind before they ever stop fighting. 
And you and I, as servants, as more than conquerors, will determine to stay strong personally because we will come to the realization of who we are. Faith-filled attitudes leads to faith-filled action. Godly beliefs leads to godly behavior. You're never anymore going to go around saying, I'm a victim. Everybody else seems to get the breaks. Things in my life never go right. Everyone else gets the nod of success, but not me. That'll change because it can't stay in the heart of a conqueror. And I can't, I can't stay. You see, that victim talk will cease because you are not a victor. Through Christ, you are a victor. And victors don't talk negatively like that. You say, well, help me out with it. I thought you would ask 2 Corinthians 10, verse number 5. What does it say? There it is. We demolish. Who demolishes? We demolish. We demolish arguments and every present or pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we, who? We, we take captive every thought and make it obedient unto Christ. Don't you try to put that on me, devil. Don't you dare try to put that in my mind. That will be captured by the authority of Christ in my life. I will not dwell on that. You see, that's the action that God is calling us to take. Well, all I can do is pray, brother. You know how that sounds? If I were God, I'd say, well, what's wrong with you, you whelp? All you can do is pray. Did you know that when you got saved, I put in you a power that is an overcoming power that destroys and demolishes the power of darkness? And then you say to me, all you can do is pray. Do you know that I flung the stars in place? Are you with me? Do you know that I created the water and said, don't you come here anymore? Did you know I created you the most complex thing ever known to mankind? And then you look at me and you say, all I can do is pray? Is this too harsh for you? I'm trying to tell you, we've been drugged through the mud. And this old preacher is getting a little sick and tired of it. I want my congregation that God has gifted me to say, we are muscled up by the power of God. We are not going to be ruled. You might say, God, I'm sorry, but I just don't have much faith. God said, I'm glad to hear you say it. You don't need much. Have you looked at the grain of a mustard seed lately? It'll move a mountain. How much more do you need? That's it. You have to once again inventory the attitude of what is your possession. It is the presence. In the presence of Jehovah. God Almighty, Prince of Peace, my troubles vanish. Come on, y'all. That's who you are. I said, that's who you are in the presence. The blood is shed once and for all. Well, I know some of you may say, Pastor, have another drink of water. Pastor, I love all that preaching. It really does inspire me. And you know why you can preach that way? Because you don't have any problems. You and First Lady Sharon, Sister Sharon, y'all don't have 
You don't have pastor problems, regular problems like everybody else. Oh, no. You're right. I don't. I'm able to maintain this 32-inch waistband and eat anything I want to. It stays a size 32 all the time. I don't have any problems. You know, I never get a headache. I don't ever worry. (laughs) I can drive up to a red light and hardly get my car stopped. And the light goes from red to green. And I hear a voice say, just for you. Oh, and all my kids and my grandkids, the only thing I ever have to do is to just look at them with the holy pastoral look. And every one of them chime in together. Thank you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. No disagreement here, Granddad. Oh, obstacles, they just fade away the minute that someone sets into my presence. People come into my office and sit down, and they're not there more than 30 seconds. They get up and say, I've just been healed. I don't have a problem because I came in and sat down with you. No, I never have any problems. Never. Let me tell you something. Doesn't matter if you have a credential card. When you lead people and have responsibilities, the devil will come at you from every side. He'll come at you from head to toe. He'll give you every opportunity to mope around and think you can't do something and and you can't overcome that. And I have to tell you, I learned a long time ago that if you're going to win, you're going to have to lean into the Lord Jesus Christ and share your testimony. And your testimony is yea and amen. And you're going to have to have the attitude of David, the attitude of Joshua, the attitude of Jesus, the attitude of John the Revelation. And when we say in Psalms 18, 29, with David, with your help, God, I can advance against a troop, and with my God, I can scale a wall. Why? Because in you, you don't even need a phone booth. Or deal with S on you. I've seen some with S, but it was right here. Because when you get saved, that's what God does, the power to not just win, but to totally demolish. Number two, as an overcomer, you fight with supernatural weapons. Supernatural weapons. 2 Corinthians 10, for we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The Greek word dunamis means dynamite. They have power like dynamite, explosive power. Hupernico to totally destroy the strongholds. Ephesians 6, 
<coughs> says we have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts. We have the belt of truth buckled in place. We have shoes prepared with the gospel. We have a sword of the spirit, which is the living word of God. Take that, you lying devil. And when the enemy comes in on you emotionally and negatively and breathes down your neck hot breath and the liars of the pit of hell surround you like demons and you feel defeated, useless, and worthless and you feel you can no longer breathe, I'm telling you, take a deep breath, push it hard, and breathe in the super Nico presence of a loving God and shake that loose. You pull out the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and you begin to recite your testimony. We don't testify anymore, but let me give you a little help here. You pull out your, oh God, hallelujah, last week you touched my child. They were burning up with a fever. I thought they might have had COVID, but I'm here to tell you, I brought some of my friends around on the phone even, and we prayed the prayer, and that fever broke, and my kid is okay today. Let me tell you, God, I had a financial need that was coming against me. I thought, Lord, I'm already in the red in my checking account. But somebody listened to God and came by and gave me the money that I needed in order to meet my bills. That's who you are. Father, I remember I was emotionally challenged two weeks ago. I couldn't stop crying. It seemed like the world was caving in. But you reached down, hallelujah. You dried my tears up, and I've got joy in my heart. Lord, I went through a divorce. I felt like my life was over, and I felt I was mark for the rest of my life as a divorced man or divorced woman, but you have restored me and given me victory over the obstacles of my life. God, I'm better off right now by the grace of God. Am I testifying? Do you know how to testify? Share the testimony with anyone you can get to stop long enough to do it. But Paul writes, but we have this treasure. Here it is. In jars of clay to show that this all what? Come on, everybody. Surpassing power is from where? And not from us. Now read the rest with me. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. He's ready. The Holy Spirit anointing is in this place. Those of you watching online, I'm here to tell you God has now interrupted the routine of watching online. And if you'll humble your heart right now where you are as we are, the Holy Ghost of Almighty God will come in and begin to give you breath that is not from an earthly source. I declare in the name of Jesus 
that COVID-19 has no power. And God, no culture that seems to be functioning under demonic influence has no power. I pray the church will rise up and begin to take its rightful position and pray down the strongholds that are there and believe God. First John 4, 4 says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one that is in this world. I won't overcome my own strength, but through him I am my friend more than enough to destroy the barriers of the enemy. Let's stand. Let's put our hands together for sure, and let's thank God. Come on now. Let's make it ring out, friend. Those of you at home, go ahead and start clapping by the grace of God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, sit with me, in Jesus' name. God's about to perform a surgery on some, in Jesus' name, Father. Get the operating room ready, in Jesus' name. Purify, in Jesus' name. Surgeon of Almighty God, hand of Jesus. Begin to begin, begin to open up, and begin to open up, begin to go in. and Drive back the lies of the enemy, drive back the fear. Drive back the challenge that has caused people to freeze in their faith. Those at home, Father, I pray in your name that a fresh anointing of God will rest over them, that you'll answer prayer, and that God, family members that are lost, and the enemy has given them a ticket to hell, and the way things look, they're going to make it, but there is a blood that's in the path that hallelujah will cleanse from all sin. Let that be so. I pray you take away those things in our lives that would hinder us from having a smooth relationship with you. I pray you take away all the nasty habit. I pray you take away all the mind games. I pray in the name of the Lord that we would pray create in me. I pray God the trouble that we see that the enemy's almost got it convinced. And we've been saying it's going to take a miracle. Well, a little yard talk, a miracle ain't nothing to the miracle worker. He can do it, and already the answer is on the way. I'm going to ask those of you at home, pray it to yourself or out loud. Let's be cognizant of what's happening in and among us. Those, let's repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I, thank you for Jesus. I, repent. I repent. I confess my sin. I confess my stubbornness. I confess my unbelief. I confess my challenge. I confess today that I have not been encouraged. But today, but today I claim the Word of God. I live in the Spirit of God, and I lay everything that hinders me on the altar, and I ask you, Jesus, demolish it, destroy it by your power, create in me a faith that will not back up, but a faith that will declare Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that He rules and reigns. In Jesus' name, amen. You believe it one more time, put your hands together.
Don't let this message find a place that you don't allow it to nourish you. Take this message to heart. Look into your life. You're the only, only one that can do that. And say, God, what do I need to hold on to? God, what is it? Create before me a path. I'm not asking for it to be smooth. Just give me the courage to stay with it. God, in your name, take away the need in my mouth to say words that are not pleasing to you. Take me away from the lust of the flesh and give me a pure vessel. You make those amends with God as you just prayed. You get into this word, you get into the prayer life, and then get with someone, particularly if you're a young person or a young family. Get with someone that you know, love, and trust. Youth, get with the youth pastor, youth worker, and say, help me. Here's what I know. The power of the Holy Ghost is in this place. Amen. You say, well, we're about to depart. Yeah, we're going to give the benediction, but that doesn't mean the Holy Ghost is not going to go out there. Amen. I don't want you to go outside and say, oh God, I wonder where Goliath is. No, don't wonder where he's at. Go find him and take him out. Amen. Don't wait for him to come to you. Go after him. Take heart. Anybody ever heard of that? Take heart. Hallelujah. That's God. That's who we are. Amen. We're going to sing, give you this missile just a moment, and we're going to sing one more song. And we're going to pray online. They're going to be praying, asking God to move. So let's be a part of that and pray. God bless you. I love you, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. Place faith. Be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children your children sing it make his presence his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming and your going and your
Thank you for the powerful word that we just heard from our pastors. We go from here. We're carriers of your presence, empowered by your Holy Spirit. So as we face this week, we know that we're not alone. We know that you've given us the victory, and we will honor you every step of the way. In Jesus' mighty name, before you leave, can we lift up one more shout of praise one more time to the Lord? Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us online or in this room. Join us back this coming Wednesday. We love you guys.